You're tuned into Black Hollywood Live, the world's first digital broadcast network devoted entirely to urban entertainment and pop culture. Tune in right now. I'm Maria. Hey, guys. Welcome to Black Hollywood Live. I am Ashley Bowden, hanging out with comedy legend Guy Tory. What's up, Guy? Comedy legend. That's 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 for these guys on my show. Am I aging you? <laughs> yeah, I feel did. like you're. Com- I feel like you're a comedy legend, so I'm gonna give you that title. Look, I was born in '92, so you know. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll let you have that. But you're still a legend in my eyes. You guys have seen him on BET, Comedy Central, The Movie Life, American History X, Martin. So I'm not sure how he was born in '92 and did all that, but you know, he's he's special. Black boy magic. I'm a child prodigy. What, what can you I say? are. You got it popping. So how's the social distancing coming along? Hey, I love it. You know, <laughs> I'm around people all the time for my job. So, you know, being away from people just for a moment, not for too long, is all right with me. You know, I'm cool with that. I'm I'm three, I'm three people anyway. It's me, myself, and God. So me, I'm always around people. I know you got that song popping. I don't know if we can play it, guy. Don't play it. Don't play it. No. I don't think we can play that. Play it. I don't think we can play it. Okay. <laughs> but okay, so how are you spending your free time? I see you're doing, I saw on your Instagram page, you're doing the cycling. Yes, yes, right here, but my Peloton, my Peloton right here. Okay, yeah. so you're doing that. You know what, what else are you doing? Creative. And and the thing about it is you've got to put yourself on a schedule because there's so much free time and I got so much stuff to do, stuff that I can't do when I'm on the road. So I'm getting all the stuff done. Now I've been cooking a lot. Stay tuned for my uh, my cooking show that I'll be hey. posting. Follow me on, on Instagram uh, right now and on Twitter uh, at Guy Tory, G-E-Y-T-O-R-R-Y. But also, i just been creating. Like, I've, I've been pitching shows. So Hollywood hasn't really shut down. So, like, mm-hmm. as we're doing uh, conferences right now, I've been pitching these projects to networks. I can't speak too much on it. But that's been going on, and uh, I've been really happy with it. Nice. I saw your cooking on Instagram. You had salmon. Oh, yeah. What, what else are you making? And uh, corn that day, I believe. Okay. What else is on the menu? Uh, you know what? I make the world's best chili, like uh, world's best chili. So that's going to be on the menu. I also make the best greens in the world. Nobody can beat my greens. I've won contests with my greens. So any, I put my greens up against anybody, mama, grandma, dad, grandma, take a old ass up. I'll out <laughs> My greens are the best. And I'll be cooking some other my, my vegan Beyond Beef cheeseburger with vegan cheese is bomb too. So I'm, okay. I'm nice. You're nice in the kitchen. I'm nice. You got, that, you got that flick in your wrist. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's define flick in the wrist. No. Hey. <laughs> All right. So what, what precautions have you been taking? I saw you were going to the grocery store. You live downtown LA. You're pretty vocal about that. You had your grocery cart, you had your gardening gloves on and your towel around here. Well, yeah, I had my, my workout towel around my mouth. Cause you got it. You got you. I'm downtown. So right. a, lot, a lot of people downtown uh, right. and you gotta stay safe. I mean, my immune system is pretty strong anyway, but I want to take pretty, uh, I want to follow the rules, you know. Right. I ain't trying to, it's funny because on my elevator in my building, I live in these condos, and they have a sign that says, you know, social distance, you know, please step to the back when other people 
you know, get on. I'm like, I'm black. We've been doing that our whole damn life. All <laughs> our lives. Um, I do want to, just on a serious note, you said that your friend, uh, rap legend Scarface, actually was just diagnosed with uh, the coronavirus. How's he doing? He's doing okay, man. That hurt me yesterday. I got that news yesterday morning, and uh, mm -hmm. it just hurt me. It, it, he texted me, and he texted me. He said, you know, it was early in the morning. He's in, in, in Houston. I'm on the West Coast. And he goes, I got it. And I'm like, mm. I'm trying to like, okay, maybe he texted the wrong person. Cause you know, I, I haven't really talked to him since Grammys, the Grammys were a uh, Grammy weekend. And then I said, I looked at my timeline, you know, where I text him said, did I, did I send him something? What did I send him? Mm -hmm. And then he said, I said, well, got what? And he said, I got it. And he capitalized it. it. And I was like, coronavirus? And he was like, yes. And I just really like, oh, wow. And I called him up, he explained, explained what happened. Um, his wife is fine. I thought his wife had it as well, but she's just, She's she, she supporting him. Mm -hmm. But man, it's, it's, I checked on him today. He said he's feeling a lot better. Uh, Adina Howard, uh, if you look, look at Scarface, Adina Howard, my sister, she sends mm -hmm. out her love to you as well. She texted me and said, hey, you know, tell Face. I said, I'm praying for him. So, and then I found out a couple of other friends that same day uh, are being tested as well. So it was a rough day for me yesterday. Okay, have you been tested for it? No, 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 I haven't been tested because they won't test you anyway if you were showing any symptoms. Was he, so was Scarface showing symptoms? Yeah, he had gone to the to the doctor a couple of weeks ago. Mm -hmm. They told him uh, uh, he had asthma. I mean, not okay. asthma, pneumonia. I'm sorry, he has asthma. He has asthma, but they told mm -hmm. me he had pneumonia, and then uh, I think he said something about his kidneys were failing. They told, and then they called him the other the, the other night and said, "Hey, you tested positive." Wow. So prior to knowing someone with coronavirus, did you take it serious? Was this something that you were taking serious? Absolutely. Uh, and that's like, I get upset when people say, oh, it's a conspiracy, it's a hoax, it's the government done. Look, I don't care what the hell it is. It's here. I don't, right. care, who it is. I don't care if it came from Wuha, Compton, Tupelo, Mississippi. I don't care if it came from East St. Louis. It's here and you can catch it. Who cares where it came from? It's here and people are getting sick and people are dying every day. So who gives a damn where it came from? It's here and you got to take this precautions. And people were out at the beaches and having parties and, and hooping and, and all of that stuff. And I'm like, what are you doing? It, it's real. It's, 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 it's straight up real. Right. So what, okay, so you put on Instagram a couple days ago that you, this was your caption. It's time to refocus, no excuses, get to work on bettering. This is the time to get to work on bettering ourselves Yeah. Um, this, in this timeout. I'm working on taking control of my bad vices and turning them into victories. So yeah. what vices are you actually turning into victories? Cussing motherfuckers, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> 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 my vices being unfiltered. Hey, I'm telling you right now, this corona got me filtered because uh, I didn't pick up the Bible. I, I didn't, no, you know, you know, I smoke a lot of cigars. Uh, I, love, I, I love a nice little, you know, Don Julio tequila or rum every once in a while. And, and this time I'm gonna clean myself out for just two weeks. I'm gonna give myself two weeks, meditate, mm -hmm. focus fast and, 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 and eat healthier and get some rest and really just kind of refuel. I mean, in this time with this, with this Corona-19, you gotta realize it's a, it, it's a, it, it affects your immune system and, right. and alcohol lowers your immune system, uh, uh, your immune. And also smoking 
you know, mess with your lungs. And this is a, a respiratory disease. So it's that's not smart to keep doing that more than the way you have been doing with this in this current envir environment. So it's just learning a way to kind of slow down a little bit and check myself while reckless. Right. And I was actually looking at your IG and I was like, he loves going to his cigar bars. I wonder how he's doing. That cigar not, lounge. Not, yeah, I'm you love it. you love hitting those it's cigar like, lounges. Yeah, I do. Yeah, those because it's just, I don't smoke weed. I don't smoke cigarettes. And those who do, God bless you. I am not, my choice is cigars because it mm -hmm. relaxes me. But also cigar community is a different community. I mean, I can go anywhere in the country or in the world, go to a cigar lounge and, and sit next to somebody and have a civil conversation, whether we are pro-Trump or anti-Trump. Mm -hmm. And there's never any arguments, never any fights. And it's always just a cool place to kind of like, you know, fellowship. Right. I said, so obvious. Start a Bible study cigar line. Called a burning bush. I don't know how that would work out. What cigar? Cigar's no way in a sin. Ah, but you know what about the elders in the church? The old ladies in the church are gonna have a problem no, no. with that. At a cigar lounge, you know, oh. the old birds can do what they want to do. They can go play bingo or, or bridge or whatever they play. But uh, I may start a Bible study cigar lounge. You know, called a burning right. book. Right. No, but I, I, I mean, go for it. Do it. Night, not a lounge, but a night. Once, once social social distancing is over, I say go for it. Well, I'm touching everybody when I come out. I'm touching. I'm, I'm tired of touching myself. So. You're hugging everybody. Isn't it hard to just touching see someone everybody. and not be able to touch them? We're we're actually a pretty touchy Philly culture. I'm now like that Helen, we're not able to. I'm like Helen Keller, just trying to touch everybody. <laughs> I know. I I did one. I did also notice too, guy. This is the last thing I'm gonna mention about coronavirus. But you posted, and I could just be reading into this a bit, but on the day that the news broke that Harvey Weinstein had the coronavirus, you posted yeah. something on IG and you said that um, you wouldn't wish COVID-19 on anyone, not even your enemies, and you were just encouraging everyone to stay prayed up. So was that in response to the news breaking that Harvey had? No. No, it was in response really to 45. I mean, as much as I'm anti-Trump, I wouldn't wish this on anybody. I have a lot of friends like, oh, he should get it, he should get it. I'm like, no, nah, you don't want to wish it on anybody. As, and I don't care what you feel about him, how you think about him. It, it, you know, he's, a, he's our president right now, but he's still a human being. And you don't want to wish this type of, of, of disease, which I think is demonic, this type of demon on anybody. So, you know, I was saying that because it was so much negative. It's just a bad thing, man. And, and you don't want any of your loved ones to catch it. And no matter how bad a person is, uh, or we may think they are, uh, they have loved ones too. So right. we'll So I would just try to be positive in a, in, a, in, a, in a period where we needed some upliftment uh, from people, you know, finding out that their relatives or their neighbors or their bosses or their favorite celebrities, you know, have this, this, this demon called right. Corona, Corona, well, COVID-19. Right. Um, so let's move on to your comedy career. We've seen Ooh. you in like every, yeah. What's, what's, what sweatshirt is that you're wearing? This what is a, a young lady, young lady named Benicia Williams made this for my 50th birthday. It was a birthday gift. I actually have them to sell, but, uh, they're, 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 they're not, they're not, uh, I don't, I don't have them online right now, but I'll sell them after my shows. But anyway, uh, yeah. So it's just kind of like she put together like a dream team of, of, 
comics that she's heard me talk about in interviews and things like that. I thought it was a cool shirt to honor, you know, some of the past, future, and uh, current legends in, uh, in the comedy game who inspired me. And there's some that didn't make the shirt that she didn't, you know, she didn't, she left off. But you know, I, I'm a big fan of comedy. Yeah. So you've worked with like Martin Lawrence, Eddie Murphy, Bernie Mac. Your first television appearance was on Martin, correct? Yeah, yeah. I uh, I, I was playing a fake Martin Payne. <laughs> oh, you were the fake Martin Payne. I was a fake Martin Payne doing the, the Gary, uh, the Gary, um, uh, what's his name? Look, the little dude, Gary. Uh, yeah. Gary from, I know uh, who you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, that episode. That was my yeah. Martin was always good. People don't understand how how gracious Martin. I started as a PA on the Martin show, delivering scripts. That was my first. Uh, one of my first jobs out here. And uh, the next season, I wrote an episode of Martin that got produced. Uh, third season of Martin was called Romantic Weekend when he got attacked by this rat. It's out of the first script I wrote, I co-wrote it with a guy named Matt Diamond. And uh, Martin was always encouraging me to write and, and get in the writer's room. And, and I, I guest starred on the show before with the, that, that, that uh, Gary Coleman episode. I wrote an episode, I did audience warm up. I was a PA on the show, a Martin stand-in. Uh, the whole Lawrence family always took care of me um, when I was when I was uh, on the set. So it was a uh, shout out to everybody on the Martin Show, the writers, the directors, producers, everybody, creators. So what are, what are your fondest memories working like on Martin or working with Eddie Murphy or you worked with Bernie Mac as well, right? On Kings of Comedy? Well, Kings of Comedy and Life. When I shot, when we shot the movie Life, we were also on the road with Kings of Comedy too. I was the first host of the Kings of Comedy too. I was a baby in the game. I was like, five years in and those guys had 15 to 20 plus and they kind of took me under their wing and I learned a lot from that tour. I mean Steve Harvey, uh, Bernie Mac and Cedric man, DL hadn't joined the tour until after I left voluntarily uh, and and I mean I just learned so much from Martin you know that was my early acting class being on the Martin set because mm -hmm. what was on the page you know uh, Martin would take it and put so much life to it and improv and I, I learned that and just how his dedication and how he worked, but not just Martin, but the whole cast, Carl Payne, Tisha Campbell, um, Tommy Ford, Tashina Arnold. I mean, they all brought it every episode. And that's what made that show so great. Uh, and, and then working with, with, with Eddie on, on, on uh, Life was just, was just a class because you had to bring your A game. I mean, you had Martin Lawrence, Eddie Murphy, and Miguel Nunez, Michael Telefero, Bear, rest in peace. We had uh, uh, Anthony Anderson, and that's a great cast. Baka Henley, um, uh, Oba Babatunde, Brent Jennings. Everybody brought it, and you had to you had to step in there and, and not and not drop the ball. So it was a dream team cast uh, working on that too. And Eddie was just so and so great at improving too. And I don't care how many takes he do in a scene, the same scene, he would have a different, funnier one every time. Every right. time, it was just a, a treat to work on. And we had a director that allowed us to be free like that because of Eddie Murphy. Because the first day on the set, Eddie Murphy told the director, let them go, let them do whatever they want to do. And that's trust. When you have a star like that, trust you like that as, a, as comedians and actors, man, that's so much, that's so much love. And he had enough, um, enough confidence in us that we were not going to, you know, violate this period piece and this, this great uh, body of work. How did you get casted for that movie? I went in for casting. <laughs> oh, so you auditioned for that? Audition, yeah. Did you have to audition in front of Eddie or was it just casting directors? The director, Ted Demi, rest in peace, uh, and the producers and casting agent. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Did you know 
what the movie was at that time or you just were going in kind of blind you never do i mean if, if you don't know what you're doing uh when you're reading the script you because it's always three movies it's the one that the one you write the one you shoot and the one you edit it's, it the movie changes a lot of things that may look good when you read it when you start putting it on it put it on his feet and start directing it it may not make sense and then you start editing it may be a whole nother piece and Eddie Martin and Bernie really made that, that script like come alive, man. Mm -hmm. I mean, they really did. And same thing with American History X. American History X is, you know, a critically acclaimed film, but I didn't know what I was really into when I was doing it. I knew to stay serious to the character and, and, and what you're doing and don't focus on, on any awards or anything like that. That'll come if it's, if it's warranted, but you just got to put in the work. Mm -hmm. I want to ask you a question. Um... Is there any truth to the, I guess it's a rumor or a myth that black men, especially black comics have to put on a dress to make it to the next level in their career? You hear that a lot. I hear that a lot. People ask me that mm -hmm. question a lot. And to me, there, there's, some, there's some people who want, to put on, who want to portray their mother or their sister or aunt or a character that they saw. And it's not that you have to do it. Now, sometimes it's in the script and they want you to do it. And, and if you don't want to do it, then don't take the role. Like, I don't take the role. But if you don't want to do it, then just don't do it. Um, if they're forcing it on you and it just seems gratuitous, and, and you know, I think you, should ha you can have a discussion about that. But that's, that's one of those uh, Hollywood urban legends that, you know, it just, it's not just that, it's so many other things. You, you know, uh, you, you got to go to the red door, the Illuminati and, and all this. All this yeah. Stuff. You know, at the end of the day, hey, I serve God, period. And and what's meant for me is meant for me. If 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 I don't want to play a role, uh, I don't want to play a role. Whether he has a dress on or not a not a dress on, I don't want to play a gratuitous gangster that's that's just glorifying, you know, straight up killing for no reason and no redeeming qualities. So you have a right to choose whatever role you want to take. And yeah, that rumor is out there, and I don't think it's a rumor. I think it's fact in, in some in some circles. Absolutely, I'm not so going to. I think in some circles that could be a fact, but it's not, I don't think it's in every circle, every aspect of this business. So you can't say definitively that if you say no to a role that feminizes the, the, the black man, that your career will take a decline after that. It depends on the man. It depends on the man. It depends on the person who do, who do it. I serve God. So what's meant for me is meant for me. <laughs> if my name is on it, it's gonna happen. Ain't no decline. And if- Amen. I have a, a thing I say called uh, put up fingers, cut off fingers and put up marriage. I don't blame anyone for anything that ever happened in my life. A white man, Hollywood agents, managers, spouses, whatever. At the end of the day, you make the decision. I'm a, I'm a grown ass man. So it's like, you know, people want to blame everybody and point the fingers at anybody else for where they're not or what they don't have and crap like that. But at the end of the day, look at the mirror because it's you. You hired that agent, you hired that manager, you went on that audition, you, you put on that dress, or, or, or and then if you did, then you work your ass off to get back to where you think you should be. So my whole thing is always trying to be positive, not be negative, and not point fingers. Because if you point fingers and blame everybody else, then you'll never improve. You think, you think you know, you don't stink. Mm. And mine, mine smell awful sometimes, let me be honest with you. <laughs> everything my, my poop stinks. Especially right about now, I've been going, I've been going, Ooh. Ooh. Smelling like a baby's diaper. Woo! 
you should see it. <laughs> Speaking of you, I feel like you have a really, uh, like a very positive mindset, a very strong and very positive mindset. You can see that on your Instagram page, just having a conversation with you. First time I met you, you're just very strong, very encouraging and just a positive person. And you've been really candid about just overcoming like this dark period that you went through after your divorce with your wife. Yeah. And um, I think your brother spilled the tea on this. He said that uh, Trick Daddy actually had to talk some sense into you during one incident or something it happened. I want to know what Trick Daddy said to you. What happened with that? It, it was my brother, but it, it was my not my blood brother. It was my brother's brother, Tony Wiley. Shout out to Tony Wiley. Okay. Uh, he, no, I was, I was, I was had a rough year that year, and I was get, I was getting into a, I was getting beat up. <laughs> I was getting beat up a Houston police officer. <laughs> oh my gosh! Okay. And because uh, you know he was being, a, he was being a, a hiney hole, as my 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 my, my good friend comedian Freddie Ricky would say. I mean, he was being a hiney hole, and he just he was being unnecessary. It was Houston, it's you know that's Texas the South basically, and he was I wasn't going for it. And I thought, and he, he said something to me that was that was foul. He said, you know, um, oh no, I was gonna make, he said something to me foul. And mm-hmm. I was gonna, you know, kind of walk up to him and, and Trick Daddy goes, man, you know, that's Houston PD. And I said, I don't give, I wipe my ass with Houston PD. That was at the time, I was young. So if I go back to Houston, hey, I was young and dumb. I was going to He didn't mean it. But, but no, but yeah, I mean, that was a period where, you know, it was a, I was going through a divorce. Anybody who's been through a divorce, it's tough. You know, it's it's not easy. I mean, and it wasn't tough because she made it tough. It was very simple. She's still my good friend to this day. I have no ill things to say about her. But it was just the fact that I, for the first time in my in my life, I, I felt like I failed at something. You know, mm. win and everything. I and I felt like, man, it's something I really worked hard on, and and it didn't work, and and that was foreign to me. It's not, you know, yeah, I've studied for auditions before and didn't get them and things like that. That's different. This was something that I that I really, really wanted and it didn't, it didn't, it didn't work out. It just wasn't in the plan. So right. you know, at that point until I understood um why it didn't, then I was able to deal with it and and uh and be better. And so that's how you overcame that dark period. I'm still dark on the inside of a lot of things, but most comedians are. That's why I, I, I work on being so positive on my page and in person because we do comedy because we're dark individuals on the inside, most of us. Our comedy comes from truth and pain. And, and we, I heard a saying, you know, we do, it, it, we do comedy to control those dark areas, to bring light to those dark areas in our life. A lot of us are, 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 are just, you know, uh, it's that's why the movie Joker uh, spoke so well to me. You know, it's the fact that here's this guy who everybody see in a, in a clown outfit, like, oh, He's happy go lucky, but you know, you go home, you know, and it's not that, it's not that at home. It's not that in your own reality. So, you know, but we love bringing laughter to other people, you know, but sometimes we can't even bring laughter to ourselves. Mm. Have you gone through any kind of, did you, or have you, or do you plan on going through any kind of therapy or anything like that? Just ongoing therapy? Absolutely. I I definitely, uh, once we get out of this quarantine, gonna seek some therapy just for a lot of things. We all need it. No one's We all it. need it. Yeah. Let me just be clear on that. Yeah. We all need it. So yeah, I, absolutely. I know I'm fucked up. <laughs> I know something wrong with me. So I, I'm tripolar. I got three personalities. This is good, the bad, and the ugly. So you know they fight all 
time. There's a lot of inner conflict going on right here. So I need I need somebody to come in and referee these three more posts. Right. So what do you what do you prefer? Do you like doing stand up, films, or TV? The most? I love it all. But the girl that brought me to the dance is stand up. That's what mm. that that's the hub. That's the mm -hmm. that's where it starts, and then everything else from that comes from there. The writing, the acting. TV, the producing, the directing, the hosting, everything comes, but it starts at comedy. It starts with the girl that brought me to the dance. You be loyal to the girl that brought you to the dance and everything else will be will fall in line. So that's my core because at the end of the day, other than now, <laughs> when all the other industries fail, uh, I can always go back to stand up. Now, right now I'm on chill mode. I'm doing sit down right now because of quarantine, but uh, I, I'm using my other talents. I'm, I'm editing, I have all my, I, uh, on my hard drives, I'm editing material, I'm writing new material, I'm you know, a little bored with my, my act, so I've been writing new material, material I already wrote, but now that I, I, I got this time, I can really punch it up and make it and make it and give something new to uh, the fans or come to the show once this quarantine is over. What are your thoughts on doing like Instagram skits? Because those are real popular right now. They are, I mean, I haven't cracked that nut yet. And these guys who do it are, and women who do it are just, bomb at it, man. I mean, yeah. some people are wired for us, some people aren't. And, you know, I got to be real careful because I got a, almost a 30-year career. I've been doing this almost 28 years now. And and, this inter and and social media is 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 new to, you know, a lot of a lot of people. So I don't want to play myself and go too far out and lose my base and then not catch, you know, this, this social media world and miss out with anybody. So I got to stay true to who I am not sell my soul or my whole, not sell those. <laughs> and, and Don't sell that whole, please. <laughs> no, no. And, and, and keep a happy medium between the both where I can like, you know, and just be true to myself. And I got some, some ideas and projects that I'm cooking up that, that will do that, but I, I will never play myself. Got it. What's inspiring you right now? Because I know you said you're doing a lot of creative work. So what is inspiring the new work that you're, that you're working on, the new projects that you're working on? Me, rediscovering who I am. You know, mm -hmm. when I first started doing stand-up, uh, I wanted to be so different from my brother. Um, so I did a different style of comedy. I never really talked about family stuff and personal stuff. And, and people want to know who you are. You know, people want to be able to take a piece of you home with them when they leave a comedy show. And when I and, and the, the thing that the Kings of Comedy tour did for me, and I said this on Steve Harvey's uh, daytime show, when at the Kings of Comedy reunion, I, I I went from being a comic to a comedian, right? And hmm. when I started as a comedy tour, I was up until then I was a I was a comic. When I left that tour, I was working on being a comedian. And the difference is, a comic says funny things, a comedian makes things funny. Hmm. Opens up and lets you in, and they're transparent, and we t we share our stories. A comic, you, you 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 laugh, you laugh, but you know nothing about them. They don't take you know, and, and there's nothing wrong with being either one. It's how you're wired. Some people don't want to open up. I don't mind. I'm an open book. So, you know, my, my what inspires me now are 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 the new, the new, if I can talk in third person, guy to it. Love that. What can you tell me, if anything, about this new film that you're working on? I possess, well, I heard it just got, I just got informed and just got pushed. So I'm doing a movie, a horror movie called I Possess. Uh, Carl Remy is uh, co-wrote it, directing it, starring in it. And it's a horror film. You don't see too many, uh, well, it's actually, I think it's only 
two black people in the film. So yeah. Uh, I'll let you I was know. gonna ask, is this a black horror film? And how long does no, it no, last? It's a film. I just happen to be black that's in it. And and it's okay. it's nice. It's really kind of a message in it as well. And I, and I won't give up too much of what it is, but you know, let's just say we all have our demons, period, no matter who you are. And no matter how you try to hide or shift or act like you don't, this movie is going is going to reveal all all the people, uh, all our demons are, are the characters in this movie. I'm excited about it because it's probably the biggest role I've had, you know, as far as length and and the, and the scenes that I'm in, and it's a uh, multi-dimensional character uh, who has some secrets that, um, you know, not the first time I had secrets in a movie, but I have some secrets that I'm holding back that. Uh, that come out later, so it's it's very challenging. I've been I've been studying for it. I mean, one reason why I'm working out to lose weight for it. Uh, I'm also wow. uh, I'm playing a psychiatrist, so I've been talking to psychiatrists and psychologists to know the difference. So I, I make sure I, I play the role properly. Uh, I'm a war vet, so I'm talking to people who who are ex marines who have been in Iraq, and so that because that's the background of character. So I'm just doing a lot of a lot of the research work, and now that the movie got pushed, I can get more and more and more deep into this character and uh, and really knock it out the park when we shoot. I feel like that's great because there's a big push right now for an awareness on mental health. Oh so, man, yeah, especially with like ex Marines, ex our military service men and women <laughs> who are dealing with PTSD. Exactly. So it sounds like the character, the main character, is struggling with that. My dad and my brother. Uh, my dad, uh, rest in peace, Robert Guy Torrey Sr., uh, uh, U.S. Army, two tours in Vietnam, 23 years in the military, had PTSD when he came back to Vietnam, and that was hard on my mom and hard on the family. Uh, my brother, uh, Lieutenant Ramon Torrey, um, man, uh, served in Iraq, Afghanistan, and suffered from PTSD. So it's, uh, it's real. I used to go, and uh, he was uh, over the Yellow Ribbon Program, and I used to go and talk to uh, the soldiers who were being deployed and the ones that were coming back and just say, you know, thank you for your service, you know. And I used to bring celebrities up there to talk to them, let them know that we, we support them, we're behind them, and we couldn't do what we do if they didn't do what they do. So even right now, those who, who served, uh, I salute you for your greatness and for your bravery and making sure we have our freedoms over here. So it's very important. And, and that's the thing that I think needs to be covered in with these elections. You know, no one's talking about mental health. And, and I remember in uh, the last Bush administration, he cut the mental illness budget in the inner city. Go figure, his friends own prison. Yeah, who are in prison? A lot of people are mentally ill. They commit crimes. Uh, and black people uh, uh, are in prison because, you know, they cut that mental illness budget in the inner city. The other thing, new Jim Crow law, let's talk about that. But anyway, um, and then you gotta look at the fact that John Kasich, who I wasn't really a fan of, but when he was running a couple of years ago, he was the only one that really, that was on his, on his uh, agenda was to deal with mental health. Because if you wanna solve homelessness and a lot of the crime, you'll deal with mental illness. And I work with the homeless with my Friends House Foundation um, um, with the great Tiffany Rose, who's the director and creator of that. And we, we serve the homeless in downtown LA. And I see it, you know, when, I, when I'm able to help, when I'm in town, I'm able to help, uh, you know, it's sad because a lot of those people who are on the streets are mentally ill and a lot of them were our veterans who went and fought for this country and came back and, you know, they've been kicked to the curb, which is sad. Yeah, I agree. It's, it definitely needs to, um, you know, just be brought to the forefront and 
a greater awareness needs to be brought to mental health all around. So I completely agree. Speaking of the elections, just in general, who would you like to see in the presidency? They could, they can be running or not. <laughs> Barack Obama. <laughs> hey, bring him back. <laughs> You know, can we get a, we need a, 2020 need a mulligan. And, and uh, the White House needs a mulligan. Those of you who don't know who play golf, mulligan is, you mess up a shot, then you get another one just like that. I don't know, man. It's, it's, uh, it is time, it's overdue for a woman, to be honest. I'm not just saying that. I say it in my act, I've been saying it for years. Um, but it, 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 this country is more sexist than it is racist. That's, and that's a bigger problem. If you look at the facts of America, I talk about it on my, on stage in my act. If you look at America, um, it's always had a sexism problem uh, and a racism problem. But if you look at America, black men had the right to vote for white women. We came from being slaves and being three-fifths human, and we could vote, and white women still couldn't 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 vote. That's right. a sexism problem to me. Uh, a black man became president for before a white woman. Love Barack Obama, and I'm glad he did. But Hillary, on paper, was more qualified, mm. and 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 he won. Thank God. But we have a sexism problem in this country. And if you look at the current race when the women were just falling out, I mean, it, 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 was, it was sad. It was Do just, you think our country is ready at this point for a female no, president? No. Unfortunately, no. I, I, I wish we were as a country. I am. But this country, you know, <clears throat> the, you know it's, it's all white men. <laughs> Not all of them. But with perpetuate sexism, racism, xenophobia, homophobia, old white men stuck in traditions. Not all of them, but a lot of them. You look at what's going on, old white men. So what have you, what do you want to work on or what, do you, what would you like to achieve that you haven't achieved yet? Man, completely surrendering to God. Oh, wow. You took that to another level because I'm thinking on the career tra trajectory and you took it spiritual. If, if, if you do that and when you do that, then you have to worry about anything else. What does that look like? I wish I, I, wish I could tell you. Mm. I wish I could tell you, but I'm, I'm excited for the possibilities. Wow, that was, that was pretty deep. All right, so we're... Now, not to say, you know... <laughs> I'm a, I'm a super nice guy. I'm working on it. I'm a, I'm a work in progress. I'm on my way. But I, I think uh, that's, the, that's the most important thing right now, to be quite, completely honest. Mm -hmm. I'm a bad are, boy. <laughs> do you, are, you a re, are you like a regular church goer? Are you like a... I used to be, and I, 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 I'm, a, I'm a regular prayer warrior. Pray mm -hmm. Pray throughout the day. Uh, going to, have I gone to a physical structure in a minute? No, I just went to... Um, a funeral that really made me hungry for it again. Uh, rest in peace, Bernard Young, buddy of mine who passed away, great guy. And uh, man, the sermon was good. And you know, you go and you, and, and, and you get fed. And I missed that meal, I'll uh, tell you that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's something that I, that I need to really step back into. Okay. That's what, this, this, that's what this shutdown is doing too. For those of you out there, when I, you talked earlier about what I posted on my page, it's time to refocus and, and it's time to step into your purpose. This, this, this shutdown is allowing, is, is forcing us to step into our purpose. And a lot of people go through life not knowing what their purpose is or not knowing who they are. If you look at your name and look at the definition of your name, it's who you are. 
and, 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 and your purpose is in your name. And my first name is Robert. It means light. It means to shine. It means bright. I've always tried to be positive and be bright. Not, mm. not, I, don't, I, don't, I don't, not all the time, but I, 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 I make sure I'm working on it constantly. My middle name is God, which means to guide, to lead. And I, I'm, always I'm always working on being a leader and being a mm. pioneer. So if you look at your name, the definition of your name, it explains exactly who you are and what your purpose is. Mm. So Ashley. Uh, I got to look it up. <laughs> It's from the ash tree, the ash tree meadows. It's an English, it's the, it's an English root from the ash tree meadows. Okay. So what do you take from that? I don't know what you told me that it's what is the you're rooted, you're rooted in the earth. Right. You're grounded. You're, you're grounded. grounded. And stay grounded. And, yeah. and please. <laughs> You, you, when, 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 you know, just off the top, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just thinking if I would think of that roots and it means grounded and, and, and sowing good seed and also knowledge, you know, the, the, the tree of knowledge, you know? Oh, yes. Yes. So in the, in the Garden of Eden, you know, the forbidden fruit was eaten from the tree of knowledge. So you, your job is to teach, is to, is to put that knowledge out there and to stay grounded and who you are, especially in this climate, in this Hollywood business, you have to stay grounded in this business. Otherwise, you know, you, you, you'll get lost real real, real, real quick out here, but it's a devil's playground. How do you stay focused and grounded in your purpose? It's a, it's a daily process, mm -hmm. daily process. But, but I had two great parents have, uh, dad rest in peace, my mom, Rebecca Torre, thank you for just raising us to be, to stay grounded and to, and to stay focused. And, and you know, to stay just true to who you are, mm -hmm. not varying from that. I feel. I think you. I think you're a teacher. You're a teacher by nature, guy. Well, my mom is retired educated. My sister uh, Roberta McWoods is retired educated. So it's in. It's in the DNA. It's in. The, it's in. The, it's in the blood. So you're um, naturally a teacher. I see that because <laughs> you're just naturally a teacher. You love information and you love sharing it. I and do. I do love I sharing. Yeah, I'm so happy and I, I feel blessed that I, anytime I get to uh, sit down and talk to you, you're, you're a well of knowledge and I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I appreciate the opportunity to talk. Thank you. Where can everyone find you and keep up with right. what you got going on? Right now you find me on, on Instagram, at Guy Tory, G-U-Y-T-O-R-R-Y. You can find me on Twitter, same handle, on mm -hmm. Facebook, the Guy Tory Show, Guy Tory. And I'm working on my YouTube. That's why I've got all my hard drives and writing and stuff. So follow me on YouTube. There's not a lot of stuff up there yet, but mm -hmm. it will be. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. So. And when is the new film? When is the new film estimated to come out? Well, now we got, we pushed it. We were supposed to start shooting next month. And now okay. it's being pushed to maybe the fall uh, because of the coronavirus. So, you know, it, it's God's plan. Whenever, whenever he wants it to be, uh, ready to shoot and come out, then we gotta go ahead. We can't put a date on the end of this demon. We just gotta, you know, stay prayed up, stay locked up and stay stocked up. <laughs> hey, and you know what? I think we're all learning that. Huh? And don't get fed up. And don't get fed up. I love that. And I think we're learning that from this whole experience that we are not in control. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> we just gotta roll with it. <laughs> Crap it on myself. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, guy. Thank you. Still the spot. I appreciate you.
are still the spotlight in whatever you do. Yes. Amen to that. <laughs> All right. Have a good one. Deuces. Deuces. <laughs> All right. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. You guys, I got so excited talking to Guy. Thank you all so much for tuning in to Black Hollywood Live. Um, catch us on YouTube. Make sure you hit like, comment, subscribe to our channel. We always appreciate you guys and lots of love. Stay safe, stay healthy, and take care of yourselves. Bye. <laughs> on behalf of our BHL staff, we would like to thank you for tuning in to Black Hollywood Live, the world's first digital broadcast network devoted entirely to urban entertainment and pop culture. Check out our Black Hollywood Live YouTube page for even more great programming and amazing content. And be sure to subscribe and like our channel when you do. I'm your BHL host, Nakia Monet, and you can find me on all social media at Kiki Boom Boom or at Black Hollywood Live. Black Hollywood Live, Hollywood Redefined.